It's crossover Thursday time here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're joined by Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. It's going to be a fun episode. We talk a lot about this matchup upcoming, the tall odds against the Steelers. But could they pull off this upset? Would it be crazy? Would it be the all-time upset started by Kenny Pickett to start his legend? We'll talk about all things considered in this podcast right here. Again, I'm Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Joe Marino here with Locked On Bills, joined by Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. And it is that time of week for Crossover Thursday. Chris and I are going to get you ready for Bills versus Steelers in week five. And before we start our discussion, though, we got to remind you that Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. There's no competing with other players, it's just you versus the projections available. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It is that easy. We love prize picks, and we know that you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Well, folks, welcome, and thank you for making Locked On Bills and Locked On Steelers your first listen every day. And as a reminder to you, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Chris, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's fun to do another crossover Thursday with you, Joe. Uh, we, we talked last year. We t- we've talked since then about draft stuff and going over who might be good and who might not be good. Uh, but it's always great to talk some football with you, man. Uh, you you got a lot of knowledge that I always like to tap into. Uh, Chris, I appreciate that. You always bring the energy, which uh, brings the best out of me. And so I'm excited to talk Bill Steelers with you. And, and let's do get into it. Let's start with the biggest story for each team entering this game. And Chris, as you examine that through the lens of the Pittsburgh Steelers, what is that prevailing thought on your mind? Oh, there's only one story in Pittsburgh right now, (laughs) if you're following along, and it's that Kenny Pickett is ready to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of Steelers fans have been calling it since the preseason. It got even louder uh, after Mitch Trubisky didn't have exactly a good start to his time in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I think the, the Bengals win, they were okay with it. But after, like, the way he played against the Patriots, there was a loud – I mean, you could hear in the stadium, Kenny, Kenny. It just – it goes on and on. And there's a natural buildover from that because, of course, he quarterbacked the Pitt Panthers. He got them their first-ever ACC championship last season. I covered him in the middle of that. Pitt fans loved him then. Like, they they, they chanted Kenny Heisman, you know, was, was his chant. He finished third in the Heisman voting last year. Um and there's a lot of belief in in him going into this season, and everyone's excited about the new first round draft pick. And Mike Tomlin officially made him the first overall, the first uh, you know quarterback in the depth chart this week after taking over. Now, if you're looking at a stat line, I will say this: you know, you know he got he threw three interceptions last week. One of those was a 50-50 ball that Chase Claypool just lost, and he got tipped away and intercepted. Another one of those he shouldn't have thrown to Pat Frymuth. He was trying to throw it away, and he threw it too low, and Frymuth went to get it, tipped off of his hands, and went into another defender's hands. And then the third one was just a Hail Mary. But all in all, 
I mean, the Steelers went from converting one out of six third downs in the first half last week to five out of six on third downs in the second half with Kenny Pickett. And then the one third down they didn't convert, they converted on fourth down because he did a QB sneak. And there was a confidence there. There's a swagger there. And you could and you could even tell, I mean, literally Deontay Johnson, the Steelers' number one receiver on their depth chart, he was talking about how it's a different swagger when he's in there. It's a different set of efficiency. And that's kind of the excitement around the city of Pittsburgh right now, Joe, is that everyone wants to see what is Kenny Pickett like to start off? Is he the real deal? Can he turn around the quarterback position uh, so that the Steelers fans don't have to wait another 15, 20 years for their next franchise quarterback like they did between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger? Well, I'm excited to see Kenny Pickett, and I'll have some thoughts about him uh, in our second segment. And um, I would agree with you. I, I went back and watched the Jets game, you know, certainly the second half, to, to get familiar with what Kenny Pickett looked like. And I, you know, obviously the three interceptions is part of it. And you, you did a good job of explaining the context behind them. It's hard to put a whole lot on Kenny for that. But I saw a poised and confident player, right? A guy that stepped in. The moment wasn't too big for him. Uh, I thought his willingness to kind of just read it and rip it was was really fun and that's what we saw at Pitt and you and I have been talking about Kenny feels like you know, at least for the last year or so with your work with Pitt and my work with the Draft Network and so it was kind of cool to see like right away the stuff that we enjoyed about Kenny last year at Pitt show up in that really kind of tough situation to be inserted into in the NFL and so uh, I I find myself optimistic about him and, and his ability to step into uh this this role for the Steelers long term, and I certainly loved him giving the business to C.J. Mosley on that touchdown run. I think C.J. might have took him for granted a little bit. Kenny said, "No, I'm six three two twenty. I got some athleticism about me too, so uh, I'll give you the business here on the goal line." And certainly, that's uh, something that uh, Bills Mafia can appreciate with the style of play that we get to see from Josh Allen. Uh, let me ask you just one quick follow up, if I can, uh, before I talk about the biggest storyline for the Bills in this game there's somewhat of a, a vested interest here from the Bills side of things in Mitchell Trubisky. I know that he really didn't do much for the Bills last year, but one year as the backup, kind of becoming good friends with Josh Allen, there's some goodwill towards him, right? I think everybody that that's a Bills fan wanted to see Mitch go and have success with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm sure that's what they wanted too, right? But it didn't take long for them to realize that, well – you know, Mitch is kind of Mitch, and and we need more of a spark here at quarterback. What can you tell us about Mitch and his four starts with the Steelers? I mean, the biggest thing, I think, was that Mitch did a great job avoiding the big turnovers that could crush the Steelers. He made some, but it wasn't like the one big interception I think he threw that was inexcusable was the one against the Patriots when he had George Pickens open in the flat. He tried to throw it downfield, and he didn't throw much downfield, but one of the times he did, it was thrown into double coverage and immediately intercepted by the Patriots. Um but I mean, all in all, Mitch wasn't like like th it's this is a very different situation than your average quarterback situation. Whereas, you know, some people like like people in Pittsburgh, they're just attuned to if you're if, if they don't like you, they don't like you. And they're just not going to like you no matter mm. what you do. Uh, that's kind of the case with Mason Rudolph, who sits at the third string position. People are just dead set on him not being the guy. Mitch, however, came in and people liked him through the preseason. But as soon as he was bad in, in, in the regular season, people were done with it. They're like, nope, put Kenny in. We're tired of this. Like, and like we we, we want to see the future. We were hoping he could be the bridge. He's not even the bridge. He's got to be the guy that kind of comes in if Kenny Pickett is, is ever struggling and you just need a pinch. Um, you know, again, Mitch, he wasn't terrible. But the problem with Mitch was that he just doesn't see the field still. And you were hoping mm -hmm. that you could work that out of his system. But, like, there was a play cut up uh, done by – uh, one guy, uh, uh, Tyler Wise, he 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 follows the Steelers a lot. 
Um, and he showed a play where almost very, very similar concepts on both offense and defense in the first and second half. Mitch Trubisky one runs it. Pat Fryer with George Pickens and Jalen Warren up all three open over the middle. He doesn't even look at them. He looks to his left, takes too long to get off of it. And he gets sacked. Kenny Pickett gets the same exact play. And within two seconds, he has the ball out of his hands and it's down the field to the middle to Pat Frymuth, who gets it down to the two yard line to set up one of their scores. And that was while Kenny Pickett was getting hit by uh, Quinn and Williams out of a gap. And it's just you see the command, the anticipation, the understanding of where to go with the football. That's what Kenny Pickett has over Mitch Trubisky. They were hoping Mitch Trubisky would be able to develop that with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. It didn't. And that's why he's on the bench now. Chris, the biggest storyline for the Buffalo Bills entering this game, in my view, is what can the Bills offense show? And I know that might sound a little bit strange considering the Bills statistically have been phenomenal on offense this year. And, and we look at the team so favorably, but I come away wanting to see more, if that makes sense. And, and I think there's two elements to this offense that the Bills were counting on preseason that haven't showed up yet. And there's reasons for that, but they need to start showing up. And one of them is the wide receiver, too, Gabriel Davis. A lot of excitement for him Same. to be the number two opposite of Steph Diggs. Obviously, the big game against Kansas City in the playoffs. You're excited for this opportunity for Gabe. And Gabe hasn't done anything wrong. He's just playing through an ankle injury. And you saw he was healthy against the Rams, 88 yards and a touchdown. He made an impact, two big vertical catches down the field. Well, since then, he's been battling this ankle and playing through it, and he just isn't himself. And, and the problem with that is not only is he not himself and not able to contribute like he wants to, but, well, the Bills don't really have that number two receiver. And so mm -hmm. Josh Allen's been getting so many different guys involved. And so my question is, well, is this the week Gabe is healthy and plays right? I mean, he's, he's a full participant in practice. You just watch him run routes. You know he's not right. So what does that look like this week? And, and then the other piece of that is with some other issues with the wide receiver court, Jake Kumro, ankle injury, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, concussion protocol, Jameson Crowder, ankle injury. Who steps up, right? Is it is it Khalil Shakir, fifth-round rookie out of Boise State? Uh who do they get going here? Is this more of a Dawson Knox game? So I'm interested to see where this team goes offensively outside of Stefan Diggs, particularly in the passing game. The other element that I think they were counting on a lot from going into the year that hasn't manifested itself yet is James Cook, Bill's second round pick. And they wanted to add this pass catching back, right? Mm -hmm. They tried to sign JD McKissick in free agency that fell through. Then they turn around in the second round and they draft James Cook. There's a clear emphasis on wanting this pass-catching specialist out of the backfield, and it makes sense with the way defenses play the Bills. It's a lot of soft-shell coverage and really a, 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 an onus back on the quarterback, Josh Allen, to be willing to take checkdowns and keep the offense on schedule. Well, James Cook has come in and fumbled, dropped passes. It just looks too big for him, right, at this point, and, and maybe that'll change. We're certainly not writing the guy off after four games. But you start to ask yourself questions. How can this player reasonably help the football team? He played two snaps last week, and he doesn't play special teams. And so is this a week where they think about pulling up Duke Johnson from the practice squad and seeing what you have there? Like, how do they fill this void? How do they get more production out of running backs that aren't named Devin Singletary? So my biggest storyline for me is examining those two lenses. Who steps up in the passing game? Is, is it Gabriel Davis? Is he healthy and good to go this week? And then what other running backs not named Devin Singletary can help this offense? Because I think if the Bills are going to go 
where they want to go and where a lot of people think they're going to go this year, those elements have to come together. I'll tell you, Joe, if a Pittsburgh Steelers fan saw you complaining about the Bills offense while ranked as the fifth highest scoring offense in the league, they would shake your fist at you and say, ah, you're a, you, you are spoiled, And which the Bills are. They have so much talent. You're supposed to be number one, number two in, in that conversation. And I, and I totally agree. You know, Gabe Davis, I drafted him a lot of my fantasy leagues, and I've been like, <laughs> come on, James, what you doing to me, man? But I see it, and I'm like, man, this isn't – like, like the, the Bills should not have lost the one game that they've lost to the Dolphins. They yeah. also – granted, that was extreme circumstances, 120-degree weather, your offense, you know, Stephon Diggs having full body cramps. That's a whole different situation. But then I, I thought, honestly, they shouldn't have lost – well, they, they didn't lose the Ravens, but they should – I felt like they should have been able to handle the Ravens sooner than they did. And I think some of it, certainly, injuries, concerns there, but that fluidity on offense. But that's what's really scary about this Bills team. They're, they have the fifth most points in the NFL, and they're not even playing their best. And that's why I think everyone's like, oh, boy, these guys are going to the Super Bowl. Reasonably so, because they are such a talented bunch, and I agree with you. That fluidity on offense, if they get that, whew, they're going to be on another level. Well, listen, we, we we had a long run of the Pittsburgh Steelers having a top three roster in the NFL, and, <laughs> and you kind of looking at the microscope at the issues, you know what I mean? So Steelers fans uh, know what it's like to be in that spot and, and kind of look at the minutia and really – Ask yourself hard questions about where this team can go, you know, to uh, to be everything that they want to be. So I, I I hear you, but I also uh, I don't I don't remember I don't forget uh, not too long ago how good the Steelers team was and, and the talent that they were able to assemble. Do you ever wish that before every NFL game you could get up to date and accurate information before placing bets or locking in your fantasy lineup? Well, now Where's you can. The Elias Game Plan app. It is the oh. ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Whether you're part of a fantasy tournament, placing bets, or are just a huge sports fan and a stats nerd, Elias Game Plan has everything you need. I personally love the league-validated team and player news and stats that I can see information about. And, of course, key injuries. There's a lot of key injuries for this Steelers-Bills game. You can find out about those and the type of impact it can have on the outcome of the game. And they also have their new chat function, so you can talk to them directly and receive the information you need to back your big decisions on betting or fantasy leagues. Take this NFL season to the next level and download the Elias Game Plan app today. Choose from three game plans where you subscribe weekly, monthly, or annual but I can also get you 25% off your first month when you choose the monthly subscription. Just use my promo code LOCKEDONNFL25. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code LOCKEDONNFL25. So, Chris, let's now evolve our conversation to the key matchups that are going to decide this game for both teams. And um, I, I guess I'll start here because for me, I look at this Bills pass defense mm -hmm. against the Steelers passing offense. Right? Like okay. we, you talked about it, right? Kenny Pickett is making his debut as an NFL starter this week. And we can debate the timing, right? Like, I think this is a big ask for Kenny on the road mm -hmm. in Buffalo. It's only the Bills' second home game of the year. They hadn't played at home since week two, right? This is going to be a hostile environment. And 
you're going up against a really, really, really good pass defense. And hey, this is the NFL, right? Like there's no, you don't get to play the Detroit Lions defense every week. There's no like perfect time to put in the quarterback, but this is a tough ask. When you look at the Bills uh, success in, in history against rookie quarterbacks under Sean McDermott, uh, the Bills have faced 10 rookie quarterbacks. In those 10 starts, those guys have combined for a 57% completion percentage, 165 passing yards per game, mm. five touchdowns, 15 interceptions, right? And we're talking about rookie quarterbacks. Chris, most quarterbacks struggle against the Bills. This mm -hmm. year, they're allowing a 64.7 passer rating against their coverage, and, and, and it, this is an insane number, 2.7 adjusted net yards per attempt. So when teams go Jeez. to pass the ball against the Bills, they're getting 2.7 yards. I mean, that's, that's bad run offense, Chris. Mm -hmm. We're talking about pass offense. And yeah. here's the thing. That's not like a just this year thing. Last year for the entire season, all 17 games, passer rating of 65.3 and 3.8 adjusted net yards per attempt. This is a good Bills pass defense. They know how to scheme it up. They know how to play. They know, they know how to leverage the field and force you into tough throws. And here's the other layer here. The Bills also have the lowest blitz rate in the NFL, but the highest sack rate in the AFC at 10.2%. So mm. they don't have to blitz to get pressure. So they're going to pressure you with four. They're going to space with seven, and they're going to make it really difficult for you to slot the football against their coverage. This is a tough ask for Kenny Pickett. I expect the Bills to do everything that they can to make his head spin. The coverage is going to be tight. The pass rush is going to be present. And there's going to be a lot on Kenny Pickett in this game to start his career off to a, a, a in a good way. And I'm not sure what the expectations could possibly be, but this is a tough, tough opportunity for Kenny. I like Kenny, but this is going to be a tough week for him. It is going to be a tough week for him. But I also think there's a bit of what the Steelers' biggest key ties into a little bit what you're talking about there with the pass defense. But I think it's not just the pass defense for the Steelers and how they're facing the Bills. I think it's about how they win situational downs, money downs, as Mike Tomlin likes to call them, but also all of that leading into time of possession. The Steelers have been one of the worst teams in the NFL in time of possession. If you look at their numbers right now, they they have they are averaging 25 minutes and 42 seconds possessing the ball in a football game that is 31st in the NFL. The only team that's doing worse than them is Carolina. This last week was the first time they were even relevant in that. They had they had the ball for 30 minutes and one second, which means they possessed the, the ball literally two seconds longer than the New York Jets in that last game. If you're going to beat the Bills, you're going to need to hold on to the football and keep Josh Allen off the field because here's the thing about the Steelers' defense. If you look at the Steelers' defense right now, they're very much depleted. TJ Watt not playing. He's not coming back anytime soon. They're still probably going to wait another. I, I, I don't, honestly don't think he'll be back until the bye week, if that. Um, but you're looking at Minka Fitzpatrick, who didn't practice on, on Wednesday, and that's an alarming thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers with a knee injury. His partner, Terrell Edmonds, the other guy back there at safety, Tremaine Edmonds' uh, other brother, he's he's in the concussion protocol. Cam Sutton has a groin injury. He was limited. Kella Witherspoon has a hamstring injury. He's out. There's your top four guys in the secondary, and – they're all hurt, and there might be three of them at play if they're lucky, but this is going to be a rough one, and I think that that's something that when you look at here, if you're the Steelers, you might be able to concoct a game plan. Like If you go back to the Steelers versus Chiefs in the playoffs, you look at that final score and you think, well, the Steelers never had a chance. The Steelers held Patrick Mahomes scoreless for about a quarter and a half with – 
scoring a, de a defensive touchdown themselves. Had they gotten any offensive help without outside of three and outs, maybe they would have been able to not be just hired out the way they were eventually in that game when you face an offense like Patrick Mahomes. But I think that's a big part of what they got to do this year to the Buffalo Bills if they're going to have any hope in this game. It's possessing the football, controlling the football, winning on third downs. As I said before, as I said in the first segment, Kenny Pickett, five of six on third downs, moving the ball. That's different from one, uh, one, uh, one of Mitch Trubisky of being one of six on third downs. Also, letting Najee Harris get busy. That Last week was also the first time that he averaged more than four yards per carry in a game, and it really hasn't been just about Najee. A lot of it's been about the offensive line. A lot of it's been about teams. As soon as the ball is snapped, those safeties and linebackers are crashing because they know that they're not afraid of the Steelers' passing game. If the Steelers can just establish a balance, Kenny Pickett doesn't need to throw five touchdowns and light things up. If they can establish a balance that, that says, hey, you have to be aware aware of the deep shot, especially the deep shot over the middle or even the intermediate shot over the middle, and you can't play the run. That'll allow Najee Harris more space to work, more chances to gain yards, and more chances to kind of get to that second level where he's at his best. And if they do that, I think that's their best chance of this game because then you're going to possess the ball longer. You're going to maybe tire out the, Steel the, the Bills' defense and give the Steelers' defense a rest so that if they're able to catch Josh Allen off guard a couple times, they won't be exposing everything that they have in their repertoire in doing so. You know, I'm excited for Kenny to work with these receivers that Pittsburgh has because when be you look at the makeup of these guys – I mean, Pickens, contested catch guy, right? Big-time hands. Fryermuth, same thing in the middle at tight end. Deontay Johnson's not a big guy, but he's got good hands and ball skills. I know he has drop issues, but he's a guy that does a good job of putting himself in, in spots to win. Chase Claypool is supposed to be that type of player. But Kenny Pickett's that type of quarterback that's going to read it and rip it, and he's got leverage. He's going to give your guys a chance to go make a play on the ball. And I think to your point and, and how this offense can stay a lot more on schedule with him as opposed to Trubisky is just a little bit more of a of a I don't know if the word is it's just a confidence, right? It's confidence yeah. to trust your arm and trust your guys to go make a play on the ball. And you have to do that, right? Like mm -hmm. this this offense, this Matt Canada offense needs that to happen for everything else to kind of come together. And I think I'm expecting this Steelers offense to be better. Does that happen this week? Well, we'll find out. We will find out, certainly this week, and we're going to give you our full predictions and final looks at how this game might go out in just a minute. But first, got to talk to you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn as you're gearing up for the fall season. Fall's here, but if you're an employer, you're probably looking to fill in some important jobs in your small business. Well, LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the people that are right just for you. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers use LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Well, Chris, it's prediction time. It is it's time for us to uh, give our score predictions on this game. 
Do you want to go first? I'll, I'll give you the opportunity if you like it. Sure, I'll go first. I'll say this is gonna be a fun game. I've been known to make some tough predictions. I predicted Steelers over Bengals in week one. I ain't doing that this week. This is too much. But listen, I, I think it was an interesting stat that Adam Schefter was tweeting out there saying that this is the first time it's since the NFL merger that the Steelers have been 14-point underdogs, and they were the last team to not be 14-point mm. underdogs heading into a game. And I, I think that's totally fair of a spread. And then you might think in 14 points, that's a lot in the NFL. And I think the Steelers will cover in this game. But this is there's just so many things that factor against the Steelers in this game. Josh Allen, them playing well. Um, even if Gabe Davis isn't on, you still got Stephon Diggs. The Steelers don't have a number one corner this year that they could kind of takes the top dog of the room. The guy who kind of was the number one was Akella Witherspoon. He's looked like he's going to be out for this game. Mink if it's Patrick's hurt, Terrell Edmonds is hurt. Even if all the things went right for the Steelers like they did when these two teams met last year. That's a lot to ask for them to do again and then still hold on for the win um, with, with all the problems that they have. I'm looking at this. I think a big turning point in this game for the Bills is going to come when the Steelers, you know, you look at that playoff game against the Chiefs last year when they were just definitely outmatched but fighting to stay in with everything that they had. They had, like, they forced two turnovers. They were able to make some plays. I think the Steelers stay in this early. They, they come out energized, but – they're going to be in a position where Kenny Pickett's going to make some plays, but not enough plays. And he'll make some mistakes, and then the, the Bills will capitalize because they're a much more well-oiled machine. I see this coming down. I don't like to give basic scores like 28-21 because that's just that's, 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 that's lame. We don't do that here in the Locked On Podcast Network. I'll go 31-26. That's a good weird number because I do think the Steelers find a way to put up some points in this game, and it's going to give some encouragement to people, but ultimately it's not going to be enough. And, again, it'll, they'll cover the spread. They'll make this closer than, than Vegas thinks it will be. But I do think that the Bills – definitely come out on top and they could definitely win by more than just five points as I, as I gave them there. But I'm, I'm just saying, I think that the Steelers, and it might not even be a thing where like the bills get the lead late or anything like that. It might be like the Steelers down two possessions, get a score at the end of the game, go for an onside kick, don't get it. And then the bills win. Um, but I, I feel like this game might be closer because I do think the Steelers will gear up for this game. It just, the bills just have them overmatched in a lot of different ways. I think you make some good points there just about, uh, being able to embrace that underdog mentality. I mean, Mike Tomlin's got to love that, right? Go to a locker room and say, hey, nobody, nobody's giving you a chance. Nobody's giving you a chance. You beat this team last year. Yeah. You beat them. You know, like, uh, so that's a rallying point. The Bills uh, in Josh Allen's rookie year, I think they were like 16 and a half point underdogs on the road in Minnesota. And then they went and won that game like 30 to 10 or something crazy like that. Right. So they covered the spread like the other way around. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can, there's definitely something to be said for what you're talking about that. And we're talking about, you know, one of the greatest coaches of our time in Mike Tomlin, if there's anything he can do, it's rally. Right. So I, I definitely acknowledge those dynamics, Chris. I just think the script for Pittsburgh to win this game is really tough. It's I mean, really tough. You talked about it. You're talking about it. And I have, I'm looking at my notes before we even started this conversation. I have written down clock control offense that keeps the chains moving and finishes in the red zone. Can't turn over the football. Slow down Josh Allen with a shorthanded defense. These are tough asks, right? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's not like the Bills have been a bad run defense this year. They held Derrick Henry to under two yards per carry. 
I mean, they bottled up the Dolphins. They bottled up the Rams. Lamar Jackson made his runs, but their running backs didn't produce. Like, the Bills mm-hmm. have had a very good run defense so far this year. They're in the top five in terms of lowest yards per carry against their defense. And so uh, they're very good on third down defense. So, you know, I I, I think you're, you're, you're it's just a tough ask. You know, is it going to be ground and pound with Najee and and hope for some explosives in the passing game? It's a tough ask because you're going to have to score. I mean, you predicted the Bills to score 31 points. Like, what's the path for Pittsburgh to be able to keep that pace? It's a, I just go back to this being a tough ask, and, and I can't – I don't want to overlook that the Bills have only played one game at home. Three of their first four mm. is on the road. They're on the road again next week. So four of their first six is on the road. And that's – you know, this is – Bills wanting to defend their dirt, seize their opportunities at home. Bills Mafia is going to be excited for this football game. They are. I I respect the Pittsburgh Steelers. I respect Mike Tomlin. I just feel like this is a tough, tough situation. I yeah. have this I have this score being 31-13 Bills. Uh, that's totally reasonable. I mean, the Steelers offense has not given anyone any reason to be confident. And even if Kenny Pickett's the starter, you know, you're going up against, again, the what, the number two defense in the country right now. I This is a problem I have, Joe. I cover college football, and I say the number <laughs> two defense in the country. Like, it's like it, you're talking about programs and stuff. Meanwhile, it's, we're talking about the NFL. Like, you know, there's only 32 teams. It's not 125 like there are in college football. But still, point being, the Bills have the number two defense, the number five offense. Man, that's just a lot of things to stack up against you. So I, I'm totally with you. I, 31-13 is not unreasonable. Like, there's times I think, like, man, you're being over the top about your team. But this is not that case. The Bills are that much better than the Steelers right now. And, you know, if the Steelers were healthy this week, and I know the Bills aren't healthy. I'm not – this isn't an excuse. But if the Steelers sure. were healthy and they had T.J. Watt back and Kenny yeah. Pickett was, was more than his first start, I might think, like, hey, there might be more of a chance here. I just think that there's way too many things stacked up against them. Though I will say, though, Kenny Pickett came out and said, you know, people were asking him, talking about how do you feel about your first game being against a team that's like a Super Bowl favorite like the Bills and being a 14-point underdog. And he said, you guys and everyone else thinks we're underdogs. We don't. And I was just like, okay, okay, but that's the Kenny Pickett that the Steelers drafted. Mm-hmm. They wanted a guy mm-hmm. with confidence, with swagger. Mitch Trubisky would say like the the you know the the, the smart thing and just be like, hey, you know, well, we're going to do our best and things like that. But it didn't charge guys up. People didn't want to follow him into battle. Kenny Pickett will get people to follow him into battle, and I do think for the long run he will help the Steelers get into a really good place. I just don't see it starting with yeah. a win against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you wish you wish this game was in ten weeks, right? Right. You had this TJ would be a Lott, lot more interesting. Had- yeah, oh, oh, for sure. It's just I think I'm I'm leaning into the dynamics that we talked about with a rookie quarterback on the road, good Bills team, shorthanded Pittsburgh team that's still kind of finding their way offensively. Look, I'm sure Steelers fans are listening to this and saying this Joe's a pompous jerk, right? Like I I don't want anybody to feel that way. I don't I, think they are. I, I think I that hope, everyone knows. I hope the not because I'm trying to just be <laughs> honest about these teams. You know what I mean? And I you can go back and listen to my primer that I did on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I. I I understand this situation. It's just a big ask. And maybe we'll we'll reflect on this on our Monday podcast and everyone's going to be, you know, having some type of thoughts. Just like I'll be honest with you, week 1, Bills lost that game and 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 it was it was a huh? You know, and so so they're going to play it and uh we'll we'll see what happens, but Chris, uh do appreciate you having a great conversation here, man. Always always a blast talking ball with you.
Same here. Yeah, it's a great it's a great chance to talk with you, Joe. Thanks so much for for doing crossover Thursday with me. It's a lot of fun to talk football with you. This man is so knowledgeable. Steelers fans, if you don't know Joe Marino, get to know him. The man's at the Draft Network. He does he does locked on bills. He does everything. Go check Joe. Go check him out. Subscribe and hey, give him five star ratings on Apple Podcasts, just like you give us five star ratings. That stuff does help out both shows. Check it. Check check him out there. Check me out, Chris Carter at Carter Critiques. You can also check me out at the at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette or Post Gazette.com, where I cover Pitt athletics. If you're wondering about the next pit, pit people to come through after Kenny Pickett, they got Kalaj Kansi, other guys. We are covering them all throughout the pit football season, doing that there. Also on Locked on Steelers, just like Joe, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Odyssey, wherever. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to both of our YouTube channels. It helps both of us out. Joe, where are other places they can find you? Yeah, man. Twitter at the Joe Marino, the Draft Network, and then, of course, Locked on Bills, wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. That was a fun crossover Thursday. Check us back on Friday for both of our shows, Locked On Steelers and Locked On Bills, to catch both of our final thoughts going into Sunday's game. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.